Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the 211, Renault and Dacia range. Get your car delivered to you in just a couple of clicks. Call us today to find out more or visit blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Welcome to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Tuesday afternoon. I love a man of his word and John Moore is a man of his word. Got a lovely card and a gift from John yesterday afternoon. The card says, kindness like yours means more than you know and more than a thank you could possibly show. For words aren't enough to tell someone like you how thoughtful you are. And how very nice too. Oh my, John, I'm so touched. Thank you for talking to me about my book on your show, Jerry. It's signed John Moore and there's a little P.S. trifle as promised. Yes, you might remember John speaking to me about his lovely wee cookery book. And I asked him, you know, what was his signature dish? And he said the trifle. And John that day, many weeks ago, said to me, Jerry, as soon as I can, John's in Dundalk, I will deliver a trifle to you. And the first day we could travel within County Louth, John made sure that trifle made its way here to LMFM. To me, with that lovely card and those wonderful sentiments, John, you're an absolute star. And I'll tell you this, folks, he can't make a half-mean trifle. It's blinking gorgeous, John. Thanks a million. And thank you so much for the card. And I wish you and your family all of the very best. I'm touched. I really, really am. Welcome to the show this Tuesday afternoon. We have lots of chat. How would you like a sauna? How would you like... A lot of people can't have a sauna in their homes. Just It's just not possible. But we're going to tell you about somebody who'll bring a sauna to your home. Oh, yes, he will indeed. Liam Irwin is a bit with us a little bit later on in the show. ELO are my artists of the week. I'm playing my favourite song from ELO today. Tony Conlon's here. We have a good bit of chat to Tony about today, including NCT Woes. And I'm going to be telling you more about that before two. And we'll be talking to Tony about it after 2.30. Colleen McNally is with us. This is Autism Awareness Month. And she's going to talk to me about her little boy who's sadly passed away in 2019 and who had autism. That's coming up on the show a little bit later on. If you want to get in touch, the numbers are 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Yes, we're back to him again. He's so patient. He's so good. He's so kind to us. He's the head of the Department of Biology, director of the Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. Professor Paul Moyne is on the line again. Hello, Paul. 
Hi, Jerry. How are you? Great. And thanks for joining us again, Paul. Well, well, let's start with vaccines. AstraZeneca, another bump in the road, only for over 60s now. Clinics cancelled left, right and centre today. And just in the last half hour, you may have heard it news emerging from the United States that they've paused the Johnson and Johnson vaccination again because of a small number of blood clot related incidents. What do you think about all this or what's your what's your thoughts? Yeah, so <clears throat> obviously, you know, when, when these side effects or what appears to be side effects arise, it's very important to take them seriously and investigate them in detail. So, so basically what happened was uh, when we started to roll out various vaccines and because there's so much attention on this, uh, looking out for side effects, and there were some clotting events that were observed after the rollout of some of these vaccines. And these are regular type clotting events, you know, in the lungs, between thrombosis in the legs. But when they looked at the frequency, they were the same as the background population that hadn't been vaccinated. Mm. Some countries then began to notice that there were some rare types of clotting. These are clotting that would take place in the veins, for example, draining the, the brain or draining the spleen. Um, and there seems to be an association. It hasn't been shown for sure, but there seems to be an association. Quite a rare one, around 1 in 150,000 maybe one in 10 of those people will die. So, so you're looking at about a one in one million of people dying if, if that association is true. Uh, the risk of getting this rare, and if it is that is associated with the AstraZeneca, it seems to be associated with the AstraZeneca vaccine, the risk uh, increases as you get younger. So it seems to be primarily in people below the age of 50. Um, and... But despite this, the EMA, the European Medicines Agencies, they continue to recommend its use across all age groups and say that the benefits outweigh the risks. Now, if you look at that benefit-risk ratio, the window between the benefit and the risk, it does decrease and narrows as you get down in age because as you get younger, the risk of getting severe COVID from SARS-CoV-2 infection, that decreases while your risk of these rare and they are rare events increases, so it narrows. But it also depends, Jerry, on the you know how much virus is circulating in the population so if that's high obviously that brings it back more towards in terms of using the vaccine so some countries have decided that they're going to restrict the use of the vaccine to older age groups and we've ended up and NIAC has ended up yesterday recommending use in the over 60 so essentially it's going to be a very narrow age window now of between 60 and 70 and again probably chat about it but I think it does pose some challenges. And on the back of, I was chatting about this yesterday, and, and it doesn't surprise me with the Johnson & Johnson, because if you look at the AstraZeneca, the AstraZeneca, basically, when you get that vaccine, it's a type of virus called an adenovirus. The RNA virus vaccines do not use a virus. So, for example, Pfizer and Moderna, the AstraZeneca does. Johnson & Johnson uses a very similar technology, mm. uses this adenovirus. So... Now, so far, the FDA, so the FDA has just announced, as you said in the last hour, that's going to pause the, the, the rollout of the Johnson Johnson while they investigate. So they have about six cases in about six million vaccinations. That's about one in a million. Mm. But that's going to pose challenges for us because if this applies also to Johnson & Johnson, over the next three months, we're due in four million vaccines for Ireland. About 20% of them are the AstraZeneca. But we're due in about 600,000 of the Johnson and Johnson, putting the two of them together, if they both of them were restricted to between sixty and seventy for the other age groups from sixteen up to sixties, which accounts for about sixty percent of our population, we would lose uh, about you know like most of 
of our, like, quite a significant proportion of our vaccines, maybe 35% of our vaccines. So mm. I, I think it's a decision that, that needs to be care exercised and caution, obviously, but you need to look at the risks by making these decisions. So yes. it's, it's a complicated issue, Jerry. Mm, yeah, one in a million vaccine. I, I take it it's higher in a million if you were to get COVID. The risk, uh, you know, when you compare both, um, I'm sure the COVID uh, exposure is greater, Paul. That number would be higher in a million of potential deaths. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and as I said, Jerry, it sort of narrows as you get, young, yes. as you get younger. That, that, um, the difference between the benefits and the, the risks. Certainly, at older age groups, the benefit is clearly there. But but even with the these rare events, mm. again, especially in circumstances where levels of the virus circulating in the community are quite high, the benefits, according to the EMA, is still outweigh. And you can do the calculations, and I would be of the view that the benefits certainly outweigh the risks. And if we get down to a situation like we, these vaccines are, even though with these rare effects. They're, they're very, very safe. If you look at most medicines, if you look at any label, there are side effects associated with them. Yes. And they have common side effects that are quite mild. Some of the rare effects, as we've seen here, can be quite severe. So they're very severe at an individual level, these clotting events. But at a population level, because they're so infrequent. So you have to weigh up all of these risks. And But it is a, it is a challenge, Jerry. And I, I think one of the things I was surprised at yesterday was when it was announced, they still hadn't considered what effect this would have on the rollout. Yeah. And to me and to me that is a risk factor that should have been considered. Right. Uh, because the longer and how long the delays will be for, so people who are scheduled to get vaccines, how long that will be delayed for, the longer that is delayed for, that introduces additional risk. Yeah. So um it's it's, it's a complicated issue but one that needs to be studied very uh, seriously. Yes, grasped and a and, uh, uh, way forward, uh, you know, plan for it. The other thing is, if you are under 60 and in a certain category and you have already received the AstraZeneca and now it's not recommended, those people are in a bit of a quandary now, aren't they? The yeah, recommendation from NIAC is, OK, if, you've, if you have underlying conditions, um, yes, you will, you, will, you will get it. If you don't have underlying conditions, that at the moment... The intervening period between the first and second dose is 12 weeks. The mm. recommendation is that, that would be extended out to 16 weeks. And that's just to provide additional time for research to see if you know, any more clarity can be brought to that. Okay. Uh, to, to maybe to relay some fears there, Jerry, at the moment, these rare side effects appear to be primarily associated with the first dose. Mm. It's usually about 7 to 14 days after the first dose. Okay. It doesn't seem to be associated with the second dose. Now, having said that, the number of people who've got the second dose is much, much less than the people who've got the first dose because of this 12-week intervening period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking looking at the figures and, and, and that is quite obvious, forced vaccinations yeah. and those with completed vaccinations. Yeah, and some people have made, the, some countries have made the decision actually to give a second vaccine as a, a different vaccine for the second dose. Now, there are, there are scientific reasons why actually two different vaccines of the first and second dose is a better way to go so, for example, if you get the adenovirus from the AstraZeneca as your first dose, your immune system sometimes can generate a neutralizing response so that when you get the second one, you, you sort of neutralize some of the efficacy of the second dose of the vaccine. Whereas if you use a different uh, vaccine, you can still get a very strong uh, second response. So, for example, the Sputnik V vaccine from Russia, they actually use two different 
vaccines, even though it's called a single name. Mm. There's actually two different vaccines there in dose one and dose two. So there's scientific reasons why you could do that, but none of this has been tried. It is being tried at the moment, but none, we don't have any data in terms of mixing vaccines at the moment, although I, I, would, I would be very surprised if there are any problems arose by mixing the vaccines and using two different vaccines. And the other thing then, if a country were to do that, and it is, it is within the like, countries can decide to do that and to use different vaccines, but that would be off-label because that is not what was approved by the European Medicines Agency. And with that off-label use, that may introduce some complications for countries in terms of indemnity and other such issues. Yes, yeah. Um, I, one silver uh, lining on all this is that the over 60s will be vaccinated more quickly now. There'll be more doses available. So that block uh, age group will be done fast. Yeah, that, that 60 to 70 age group. But again, even in the last day, Jerry, a couple of people I've just met uh, in that age group and some of them ex- have expressed a bit of concern in terms of you know, if if it's if it's not safe for the uh, under sixties, why is it safe for us? And that, that I think that's and, and that's natural. And my answer to that still is, Jerry, across all age groups, I think the benefits outweigh the risks. And these events are so rare, and especially in above sixty, uh, like it's clear to me. If you look at what the UK recommended, they they've offered an alternative vaccine to those under thirties, which clearly the numbers show that the benefits far outweigh the risks if you're above 30. Mm. And we've decided to be very cautious and go for the 60s, but as you get older, the risk of these rare side effects decrease to a very, very low level. It's an important message. Yeah, it's an important message to get out there, Paul. It it, it really is. I think so, yeah. Like I, I, I always say, you know, take whatever vaccine you're offered, take it, because it's the risks associated with the the virus is so, so, so much higher. Mm. Now, Neffet uh, are, um, again, warning that uh, there's a potential wave four on the way if we open too quickly. The um, the tightenings have been loosened a little, so to speak, yesterday and will again for the next few Mondays. But they're saying, look, we've got to really tread carefully here and not invite this fourth wave on us and of course the vaccinations complicate this because the more you're vaccinated well it's protecting more and more people what's your view on that and what they're saying do you agree with them i think as you begin to loosen restrictions and people begin to interact more there is obviously that risk that numbers will will go up but against that you have a number of things working in your favor as you said jerry the rate of vaccination is increasing. We've got maybe about 15, 16% of our population now has been vaccinated at least with a single dose. And we know that we get protection, pretty good protection, after the first dose. So that's that's a good thing. Uh, the other thing we've going for us is that you know, quite a number of people have already been infected by the virus. So, and mm. that could be, now it only works out at maybe of our adult population, if you look at confirmed cases, maybe 8, 7, 8%. But the reality is we haven't picked up all the cases. So, in my view, like we could have maybe 15, 20% of the population already infected and protected. Yes. Put that on top of the people who've been vaccinated. And the other thing is, which I, I've mentioned a number of times, not everybody agrees with this, but I think we're going to get an added advantage of seasonality. Mm. I think whereas in the wintertime, that works against us. And I would look at the curves from last year and the peaks from last year. When it began to peak in March, April, but by May, June, we were down and it stayed down for a number of months. Even we, we opened up and many countries in Northern Europe opened up and there were there were no uh, problems. So I think the virus transmits 
uh, less well during these summer months. And that should help us as well. And in fact, you know, if, if you look over the last week or so, numbers up to that have just been stagnating for a number of weeks at around five, six hundred. In the last couple of weeks, now we have we haven't lessened, we haven't, you know, introduced additional restrictions or whatever. But nobody's really able to come up with a, an explanation as to why numbers are now going down. Yep. And I think I think it's probably the beginning of the seasonality. That would be a good thing. But as we open up, there is obviously that risk in terms of numbers going up. But I think there's a number of things working to our advantage. But it does come back to, we, we've seen from the UK, we've seen especially from Israel, the number one thing we can do here to get this under control is vaccinate. Vaccinate as quickly as possible. I, I look upon vaccinating as many people as possible. But the other thing that I think that sometimes I don't think is enough emphasis put on is time. You need to vaccinate as many people as quickly as possible to get this thing under control. Yes, and you know, some of the sensational headlines you see already, some are gone. I, I, that just annoys me, Paul, to see that. You know what I mean? And sensational. I, and it's part yeah. of my own fraternity are responsible for it in the journalistic world. Yeah, I... I, I like we all have to be concerned it's, it's a very serious serious issue so you can't sort of downplay things but I've been even seeing some commentary you know from you know informed people as well and especially around the vaccines where a lot has been written in terms of a lot of the variants being able to escape vaccines and vaccines are no longer effective that that is not the case you, you do see in the case of some uh, variants for example the South African variant where it may be able to bypass somebody neutralizing antibodies so in some cases it may end up somebody may be infected by the variant. But we have this other form of T-cell immunity that really stops you from getting very sick and certainly will protect you from death. So there, there's some things like that, and I think some who have, have been committed all along to a certain narrative, it's almost that so committed to it that they, they begin not to recognise that there are some things going in, a, in our favour. Now, I've probably tended to be more positive than most and sometimes that's right sometimes that is wrong but certainly as we get further into the vaccination program into the summer months i think that's going to be a good thing but one thing for sure jerry by september october we need to get have everybody vaccinated i've, I've always looked upon this as two time frames an acute time frame over you know the last number of weeks and the coming weeks to get all the vulnerable people vaccinated so that they're directly uh, protected but then to stop the virus transmission in the winter, we really need to have everybody vaccinated over the summer months. So that when the winter comes, and because I would expect that there will be some virus, like our children won't be vaccinated by that stage next year. Mm. So uh, there will be the opportunity for the virus still to transmit. But if we can have all our adult population uh, vaccinated, that will go a long way in terms of controlling it. That is the aim, Paul. Always value your words of wisdom and thank you once again for joining us on the show this afternoon. Anytime, Jerry. Take care of yourself. That's Professor Paul Moyner there, Head of the Department of Biology, Director of the Human Health Research Institute and one of our own here from the North East. We're proud of him from County Louth and we do appreciate him joining us every week. Yes, of course, he's from Maynooth University. Stay with us on the show. I have an NCT tale to tell after the break. Tony Conlon is joining us on the show round about 2.30, but in advance of Tony joining us, and he's going to talk about this, I want to relay a, a message to you that I got from a listener. Um, I, I'll paraphrase it for you because it's quite long. This person uh, 
commuted to Dublin on a regular basis up until the pandemic came along. No commute for over a year at this stage, so their car hasn't been used much. Very little, in fact. It was due its service and the NCT simultaneously a few weeks back and it's serviced religiously every year. The car went to a main dealer. It cost €414 for the service ahead of the NCT. She took the car to the NCT for its test and it failed after the full service. It failed on the handbrake. So back to the dealer it went uh, with the failure Uh, They did whatever they had to do at that stage. In for the second NCT, it failed again and again on the handbrake. Back to the dealer once more. The issue resolved this time in for its third NCT on Sunday morning last and hooray, it passed. Now, we're going to raise this with Tony Conlon, but I throw it out at this stage of the show for your consideration or perhaps you're listening today has anybody you know experienced multiple failures with the NCT in recent times and and what was that for has anybody had an experience where they've taken their car had the works done a full service paid over 400 euro and yet the car fails twice more at the NCT and has to go back a third time has that been an experience of anybody else out there I'd love to know or something similar uh, and by the way, she paid for the retesting of uh, the car herself. Louise, you've been to the NCT with your little... Me little Yaris. Little Yaris. Yours usually flew through, didn't it? Yeah, it failed twice on to, like, indicator light. Yes. You know, something small. small. And that really, yeah, 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 that's yeah, terrible, yeah. like. But to pay 400 quid for a service and then to be failed on the same thing twice, like, that's just beyond yeah. belief. It's strange, isn't it? You know, it's strange. It certainly asks questions of the dealer. It asks, Mm. and the the mechanical end there. And the NCT, like the NCT is a good thing in principle. I often, did you feel it was minuscule, maybe the couple of fails you had that was a little bit tough on you? Yeah, I just thought, you know, it should have been just maybe get it fixed and come back and see us, but rather Mm. than fail it and then having to pay a retest. Yes. You know, I can understand if there was something wrong, say the handbrake or whatever, you know, a big thing that it was... Yeah. But nothing small or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a handbrake is an important thing. You have to say that in a car. It needs oh, to work. As you know. Anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're not going that road today. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I have to say that, you know, uh, that story isn't isn't one that should be happening. You no, know what I mean? She From, put her trust uh, in yeah. both the dealership and the NCT thinking, oh, well, yes. I've done everything as I should do. Yeah. Have you a similar experience or is this a, a one-off, a rarity? I'd love to hear from you on Late Lunch today. You know the numbers. You can get in touch with me directly here, right in to studio 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me. That's 86 658 uh, Store that number somewhere. You can always get in touch with us here on the station. Or if you care to call in, it's 1850-715-958. We're picking this story up with Tony Conlon in a little while on the show when he joins us. I will be back to your NCT stories and comments uh, presently, but first, it is Autism Awareness Month and we are carrying a couple of features here on the show through the month of April beginning today. Dara McNally, who had autism, passed away aged 11 in November 2019 following a diagnosis with an aggressive form of lymphoma. I've spoken to his mum in the past and she's back with me on the line now. Colleen McNally, good afternoon again. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. More so, Colleen. How are you and how is everybody? 
One day at a time, Jerry. That's all I can say. We're doing our best, and I suppose that's all we can do. Um, Daryl was our world, so he was, and after a very short um, illness with cancer, um, he passed away. Mm. So just trying to get on with our lives yeah. as best we can and uh, yeah. do the best for the kids. Yeah, you have three other children, I, I, I know as well. You know, when, when he felt poorly first, um, was yeah. it, this wasn't a long, uh, long-term thing at all. It, it happened very quickly, didn't it? Yes, we went um, to Spain um, the beginning of October, so we did. And when we were on Spain, in Spain, we noticed he just wasn't eating. And then when we came home, he just wasn't well for about a week. We went to Drogheda and the following day we found out he was the sickest little boy in Ireland. My, oh my. And like the the support you got, I remember around the time from family, friends, community, everybody just came around you, didn't they? Jerry, I will be forever indebted to family, friends and the people of Dundalk. And still to this day, the support and the love that we get is just phenomenal, though it is. And mm. we are so grateful for every for everything that everybody's doing for us. It's just amazing, so it is. I it's remember... Great we live in. Yeah, you live in a great town. And we live in a yeah. great county and great Thank northeast, you. great country. I, 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 we have to emphasise that at times because there's yeah. so much that could get you down and, and really mm-hmm. make you feel, where are we or what are we at? But you've seen it and you're dead right. You're so right there. It is a great part of the world to live in where we are here. Now, the other thing I remember, the Dog Football Club were fantastic, were they? Those balloons... Oh, yes. Dara loved balloons, so we did. And uh, the Dundalk Football Club on Valentine's night, they held a night in memory of Dara and released um, 100 balloons in the sky. And Mm. it was... It was great, so it was. Yeah, it was a lovely, lovely touch indeed, along with so many other things that happened as well. Now, it is Autism Awareness Month, and that's why you're with me, because, you know, the last year, and you've spoken about this in the last year since Dara's passing, with the lockdown, how difficult you know this is for people who have children with special needs. Yes, and that's the big thing, I think. Like, people are giving out about COVID and about being restricted and being um, held in their house and not being able to go places. For a lot of families that are dealing with autism at the moment, this is actually their norm. And people don't realise this. And to have children on the spectrum during COVID and not being able to take them to their little places that keep them right... It's extremely difficult for these families, so it is. And um, more so for children with extreme autism and behavioural behavioral issues, like COVID has to be really, really, really tough on these families. Because the limitations are severe and there's really nothing available and it's 24-7, you know, yeah. they're in their own homes, they're confined and don't have to tell you what what, no. what that can be like. Tell me this, I remember back, I'm going back a little bit here with you to 2017 and Lenny, the dog Lenny, the <laughs> assistance dog, the winner of the Nose of Tralee. Yeah, he's here watching. Is he? Yes, he is. Um, yes, Lenny was just, Lenny, we got uh, Lenny for Dara to help with his flight risk. Um, Dara had no concept of danger and it was quite difficult to go places um, with Dara without having a grip on his hand. So when we got Lenny, um, Lenny really, really helped Dara with his flight risk and started teaching him how to stop at the curb and not run out onto the road. And 
Yeah, Lenny was brilliant and he was Dara's friend, so he was mm. always had a friend. And yeah, he won the nose of Tralee, that's right, in 2017. He did, I remember it well. Isn't it great to think that you have him there? You know what I mean? And that he's with yeah. you. You know, he's such an integral part. And I'm sure he reminds you of Dara all of the time. He is. He's our little link. We keep saying yes. that. A link. They're still, like, in, the ki- in our three children, we still see Dara. But in Lenny, in particular, yes, he's our... He's our link still to Dara, so he is. What about Santa's little helper, Duca? Tell them that story because Duca was very special as well to Dara. <laughs> yeah. Duca has... Duca, sorry. Elf. Duca. Yes, Duca was our elf and is our elf. And uh, like Dara, Duca had autism. And if you look at all elf on the shelves, they look at it a corner of their eye. And with a lot of children on the spectrum, um, they find it difficult to give eye contact. So that's where I come up with the concept of this. And whereas people were, you know, videoing their elves doing all the silly things and the, you know, the funny things, um, we videoed Ducca showing the traits of autism in a simplistic way to raise awareness about autism. So, like, you'd see Ducca escaping out the window or Ducca spinning on the light or Ducca lining up his toys or Ducca aggressively, um, you know, holding on to other toys. Just different traits of autism um, is what our elf did. And, yeah, it's just, again, helping people understand what autism is and what it's about because um, that's all people and families that have children with, with autism and people with autism is they just want that understanding from other people so they do. Mm, it's a, it was a great uh, concept and way of getting across the message you mentioned there. Ducca, the name, where did it come from, Ducca? Dara's first words. Dara had limited speech and Dara's first word he used to say was Ducca, Ducca, Ducca. And that's where we got it. Ah, lovely, lovely, yeah. lovely. I, 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 as well today, I was just thinking that when I was speaking to you, for parents of children who have autism, and yeah. if they're unwell, you know the way at times they find it difficult to communicate. Now, Dara's situation was different and it was rapid, yeah. etc. But what would you say to parents, you know, of children, of these children? And I'm sure they get lots of advice and uh, speciality yeah. help in this area. What would you say about that to somebody today? listening to anybody who has a child with limited speech or who has a child um, with autism you have to go with your gut of what the child is feeling this child mightn't be able to communicate to you that they're not well but a parent always knows their child best a parent might feel you know if they don't know if the child is sick or not and that they could be going up to a doctor or up to a hospital and thinking, oh God, I'm going up with this child and I don't know if this child is sick or not. Just go with your gut. doesn't matter if you're wasting a doctor's time. If you think your child with limited speech or that can't tell you is sick, please just take them to the doctor or to the hospital and get them seen to because nobody knows what this child is feeling. But a mother will have a gut instinct that something's not right. Fantastic advice. How are Nathan, Nisha and Leila? Nathan, Nisha and Leila are quite good. They have good days and they have bad days, like all of us. Leila's quite young to be experiencing grief and uh, she's dealing with it the best she can. 
Nathan is in secondary school now and he's coping well. And Nisha, our little sensitive soul, yeah, she's doing good as well. So she is, thank God. It's They miss their brother mm. so much and they constantly, constantly talk about him. So ah, and, and that is very important rather than, you know, you'd be worried if it was being, you sort of put aside or kept within. No, and that's another thing that I'm very conscious of. Um, you need to speak. We need to talk about grief. I think years ago it wasn't spoken about, but us as a family, we are constantly checking up on each other, constantly talking to each other about Dara and about how we're feeling. And I do think that's what's getting us through it rather than, um, you know, keeping it inside and not talking about it at all. And I always said this, Jerry, I was Dara's voice when he was on earth and I will always continue to be Dara's voice um, now he's in heaven and the kids are the same, they think the same, and so does Paul. We will always speak about Dara and how we feel. And always should. I, I, I have so much admiration for you, Colleen, Paul, and Nathan, Nisha, and Leila as well. You know, Thank you sure. are helping so many others in speaking and being so out front about all you've been through and the experiences and the words you've said to me today, the amount of advice and uh, powerful words they are that that has brought to the airwaves today and will be taken on board by so many. It's fantastic to hear. Now, I know you have a school appointment very shortly and you've got to be going. I know this. I I've been told. That. I do that. <laughs> but before you go, go on. just say this. Um, Paul and I, along with a lot of other people, are walking 200k each in May for the Maria Goretti um, Children's Respite Centre in Lordship. We did it last year and we raised a lot of money, but we're going to try and do it this year and raise more. So I'm asking everybody earnestly to please, please support us in this. Um, We're going to, it's 200k each, by the way. um, And uh, just ask everybody to support us. uh, The Maria Goretti is in our hometown, so it is, and yep. we need to support local, and we need to help all these families that um, their children that are attending out here because um, it's just such a fantastic service, so it is. It is, and if people want to help you or support you, where do you find the information on this? Yeah, there's a GoFundMe page set up already, Jerry. so there is, and it's called um, Dara's Funhouse, because Dara called the Maria Goretti his funhouse, and you can just uh, donate online that way so you can. Lovely. Dara's Fun House, Maria Garetti. Yeah. My word, what a story that is and what assistance it is to families right across this region, all across the northeast. Maria yeah. Garetti is invaluable uh, is. in what it does for people and the children uh, who attend there as well. So Dara's yeah. Fun House on GoFundMe. Get those walking shoes on, young woman, and away you go. Thank you so much for joining me, Colleen. Thank you, Jerry. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Isn't she fantastic? Yes. Colleen McNally there, who lost her lovely little boy. He was 11 in 2019, Dara. My word. And look at the good that has come. The sadness, but the good that's come from it as well. It is just uplifting. It really is. Late launch, LMFM Radio. I'm heading back to your NCT stories in a moment. Louise, I think this is the best one ever. May I read it about the NCT? Let me read this to our listeners today. Jerry. we had an NCT and it failed on the light bulb. 
This bulb was changed three times. They failed at saying the bulb was not orange enough. A bulb <laughs> not orange enough. Took the car to a different NCT centre and Jerry, the car passed on that occasion. So a bulb changed three times. <laughs> not orange enough. What about that, Miss Louise? I what mean, do you make of that one? Brilliant. Isn't that How, I didn't realise there was varying degrees shades of, of orange. orange. Yes. Yes, so there you are. Make sure your shade of orange or your reflector lights or your brake lights are a shade or you could be in trouble. I think There's, I can beat it. <laughs> go on, go on, beat it for me. Uh, we've got a message in saying, well, we got the car serviced last year. New front brake pads too. And the car failed because they put the front wheels on the wrong side. <clears throat> I didn't know that there is arrows on the tyres, which means they must be going the right way, they said. <laughs> <laughs> it's even, not, that's it's, brilliant. It's not the first of April, is it? No, no we're but not the first of April today. Tires on Lego in any way you want. So, <laughs> so it failed is, because the wrong tire was on the wrong side. It must be specific to the car. I don't know. Maybe it is. Never heard of that before. But there you go. It must be mm. a, a model of car that that is a requirement. Sean's been on to say, yes, Jerry, I can empathise with your listener. I was failed on a number of occasions for the same thing. The handbrake, okay? Uh, Jerry, in my book, it's the fault of the garage uh, and the mechanics, not the NCT people. And Sean's saying that even though he, he was failed himself on it there. Um, here's another one from Ken. Uh, I had the car serviced. It was €500. Euro. <sighs> failed on emissions. Our, our mechanic says it's bunkum. <laughs> It's going to cost you for the bunkum, I have to say. Rebooked for another NCT. There's one failed on emissions. And there's another one into me from Eamon. Over 400 euro. That's a load of... I won't see, I can't use that word. Uh, A full service. 250 max. She really needs to talk to her dealer, says Eamon. Any more there with you? Yeah. Jerry, my daughter-in-law had a bad experience with the NCT test. She works from home and, like the person who wrote in to you, the car hardly was out on the road. Uh, She got it serviced and brought it to the NCT and lo and behold, it failed. Somebody from Dundalk. Okay, so NCTs, people have issues with them. The N- I want to say in fairness now, the NCT is a very good concept. Mm. You know, to have cars on the road that have good tyres on them are better mechanically and safely. I wouldn't knock it, to so be honest. getting an annual check for yourself for the doctor. Yes, it? now it is frustrating when your shade of... Um, Orange is incorrect <laughs> or little things like that that you it's experience as well. That does certainly irk you. But you shouldn't have to take a car back. Uh, you shouldn't have a car serviced, fully serviced, back once, back again before it passes an NCT on the third time. I'll be interested to see what Tony Conlon has to say. Uh, I think as well some of those prices, Jerry, are they like they'd put you off getting the car serviced. It's expensive, isn't it? Massive. That, that, that gentleman there said 500, you know what I mean? F- over 400, it's expensive. It is expensive. It would put you off. Like that's, unfortunately, uh, if people haven't got the money, they would say, oh, well, we'll use the money to pay an electricity bill rather mm, than, you know, which mm. is wrong too. Like Yes, or they'll go somewhere else. You know, they'll go to somebody who's working in a smaller establishment. They mightn't go to a dealership. You know what mm. I mean? They might not go that route and go somewhere else to uh, have it serviced for a lesser amount. But look, I might as well mention this because I will think I think I'll start jumping up and down. I want to leave the NCT for a second. Uh, did you see this, Louise? A three-year-old girl who became mm. anxious about Santa Claus not being able to come to her home after she was involved in a car accident has been given a settlement of 25 
€5,000 for psychiatric injuries at the Circuit Civil Court. There you go. Uh, story. Not just ridiculous. That's just going beyond the beyond now. Judge James McCourt approved the settlement offered to Missy Elliott, who is now six, by the insurers of driver Dennis Osula, who crashed into the back of the Elliott family car in Glasnevin in Dublin three years ago. So there you are. The child hadn't suffered any physical injuries. So the claim was taken that she was anxious about Santa Claus not being able to come to her home. Why? Because she didn't get home that night? I, I, I don't know what it is, but like, it's a, it just jumped mm-hmm. at me when I saw mm-hmm. it, to be honest with you. Look, a judge has made the decision. The award is made. That's it. It's done and dusted. It's an awful lot of money, isn't it? Oh. And how so that's you, like saying, if you lost your tooth and you couldn't find it, and the, you become anxious in case the tooth fairy doesn't come <laughs> at night. Well, you know, our Ava lost our first tooth recently. And we think she swallowed it in school. <laughs> but there was an SOS in the school. They were going around the class in the yard and we were looking for it after lunch break. That child could have been traumatised. You're right. Yeah. That the, fa- the tooth fairy Common wouldn't sense. come. Oh, my God. Do they not know the tooth fairy in Santee always I'm, comes? I'm ringing my solicitor, Paddy Goodwin. I have his number on speed dial here. <laughs> I'm going to ring Paddy and we'll start the wheels in motion. Why is he on speed dial? <laughs> <laughs> ah, we're good friends. We're good friends. We're good friends. I miss him. I miss Paddy. We used to meet every Monday, as you know, for an old chat on Monday evening, and we settled the ways of the world, and we haven't been able to meet for over a year now, and I bloody miss it. I miss chatting to him. I really do. I really do. It's, you know, it's been a long, long year in time. It's starting to take its toll. You know, it really is. And I'm feeling it too. I know I say to you every day, we've got to be positive, we've got to go on, but these things knock you. That's just the way it is in life, you know. But please, God, fingers crossed. We'll be getting jabbing. We'll be jabbing. Jabbing mm-hmm. soon. Jabbing. We must, we must get on jabbing. Jab. Isn't that about Bob Marley song? Jabbing. Yeah, yeah. We'll get the Bob Marley song out and play it all right. <laughs> anyway, we move on on late lunch. Tony Conlon is coming and we're going to address the NCT and more matters motoring. I have some more questions for you if you want to put something to him. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Uh, Paddy Goodwin, Jerry, a great Nottingham Forest supporter. He certainly is for his troubles. He certainly is. Will they ever get back to the promised land? They just might with Chris Hewton, you never know. John's on to say to me that tyres are directional, Jerry. It's very important to put them on the right way. Thanks indeed for that, John, that clarification. Listen to this, Jerry. My dipstick was broken by accident about uh, two, three years ago. My car's been through two NCTs with the broken dipstick and passed. But the most recent test, which is the third with the dipstick broken, it failed. Can you explain that, please? <laughs> there you go. Two times he got through the third. He didn't. You need a new dipstick. You better get one organised quickly. Anyway, it's motoring next with our man Tony Conlon. Thank you, whoever you are listening at the school gates, waiting for your grandchildren. I got your message about the directional tyres as well. Thanks indeed for uh, getting that to us. It does clarify the matter. Our motoring man, Tony Conlon, joins us again. Hello, Tony. Hiya, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Tony, look, you're familiar with the story I- I've been talking about on the show for the last while, and we've got a hell of a response from people uh, about their NCT issues. But the specific case uh, from our listener, full service, uh, NCT fail, NCT retest fail, and then finally on Sunday, third NCT passes. Your thoughts, please. Uh, my thoughts, my thoughts are... Uh, I need to look a little bit more in depth with it, but like naturally, at four faults, 
uh, three falls, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound good. And the full service aspect, there may have been some extras there. But look, a lot of these services now are menu services. And I, I'm beginning to wonder, it's probably just a good story in it somewhere, the, the, the real use of them. Like, I see something here, like an extra is an air filter. Well, when I was serving my time, an air filter was never an extra. It was dirty, you replaced it. And you again touch for people that needed extra expenditure, which I'm sure they did in this, this case, like brakes. But the handbrake... It's something that should be tested. It should be something. Maybe there's a, there's a recall on it. There's a fault there. Look, someone just wasn't at the best on that day. Now, the client is sound money because they had to pay for retest. And, and that's something that should be negotiated. But I say there's a good faith uh, factor here, Jerry. And mm. I hope there would be. And we, as I say, this is going to stay on top of the file for the moment just to see where we're going with it. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So, Tony, you're saying that, uh, you know, uh, once might be an issue, but twice and having to go back a third time, yes, there should be uh, uh, some form of, of uh, make-up there from the, the garage concerned. Yeah, be true for which, and like, without just garage, I'm just the Pacific's too with the NCT centre, like, and, and they're working to a different standard to the garage. Yes, you know, like it's a Pacific. Uh, I, I think it's a, a main dealership, a fully qualified technician. I, I even have the name of the technician actually, and the service coordinator and all that. But but uh, it, it's just there's, there's there's a breakdown somewhere. And I, I, I don't want to point the finger just yet, Jerry. Okay, you know what I mean. So you're going to do uh, a bit it, more it, digging. It, 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 Oh, absolutely. There's no question at all about it. Like, we, we will get back to it in the next okay. show. Okay, that's great, Tony. Yeah. Thank you indeed for for doing that. But, uh, you know, and you could have a point there. You know, at the standards expected of the NCT uh, as well, you know, are they being met? And that's important that everybody's singing off the one hymn sheet. But we'll go back to this down the road. Now, I want to move and, on and to the, some... Just, just one other thing on it too, yep. Jerry. Like, a lot, a lot of distributors could be dictating menus. You know, this thing of a menu... You go in and get the oil change and get this done and check over and it's a minimum price of whatever else and very competitive and then everything else after that is an extra. They could be doing this in order to get business. I don't know what's the best practice. I, I, we'll have to study this. Really, yes. we'll have to study this. Yeah, yeah, well, really, a service is a service, as you say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you remember that from your own days going well, back well, as well. Absolutely, like a handbrake is a must. That's it. Yeah, OK. Now, let's talk for a moment about electric stroke hybrid cars because the yeah. sales have been rising and people are certainly getting in to them at long last and a lot of the infrastructural issues and recharging has been addressed battery uh, scope as well the distance you can travel but Tony recently it was announced that uh, there was a 5k grant uh, for plug-in hybrids uh, that's been reduced to two and a half thousand and uh, there's a cap now on the value of the car you can get the grant for it has to be uh, below 60,000 and most cars we have to say would certainly come in that bracket uh, absolutely now look We'll try and make this pretty simple here that, that I can see because things change all the time. And you're reading, I'm reading here between lines too. The plan originally was that plug-in hybrids with an EV range of less than 50 kilometres would lose their 5,000 grand okay. from the 1st of April. This has been extended to July the 1st. So in other words, if that car is judged to do less than 50 kilometres on a plug-in, you're going to lose the grant altogether. Okay. But the other changes are that come the 1st of July, the, the grant for 5K for a car, for a plug-in that can exceed 50 kilometres, and they're all about, mind your borderline there, mm. like any of them I know, uh, will be reduced from 5K to 2.5 from the 1st of July. Now, what's going to happen here is there's after been 2,900 sales in January, February of, of, of uh, EVs in this country and everything else. That's a 63% increase. 
Come June, this will carry over. It should be noted, however, that the deadline for grant applications is June the 30th. So all cars that qualify at the moment will get the 5K grant, even if the car is not registered until July. And then, as you said, Jerry, a very important thing there is in order to encourage people to get the grants that anything under the, the grants is for cars under 60, 60 grand. It is you know? under 60. And I want to say, just to emphasise, the 5k VRT relief is there for full electric cars. That is there and no change to that, Tony. No, no change in that. And then there's benefit in kind yes. tax relief for battery electric vehicles. And believe it or not, this grants up to 12,500 to support the purchase of electric vehicles in the taxi Hackney or limousine sector. Okay, so there are even more incentives there. Watch this space, but we wanted to just point out but, that but, change. But, 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 we, but we want to, we want our listeners now to be to be very wise in this. Do the research. Are they, what grant are they getting? What are they going to get? Yeah. And that has to be signed off on and all that the car is realistically going to do in excess of fifty kilometres. And after that, no, it's going to be it's going to be interesting what way this goes. Yeah, we'll watch this space again now. Uh, with dealers closed and no sign of a reopening date, they've all been working away online and quite successfully, we have to say, and doing their very best. Has it opened up, say, for our dealers here in the northeast, uh, many opportunities outside of the region here for sales, Tony? Well, the, the way now, it's, it's it's hard to just pick up the phone and ring everyone and say, how is it going to get figures when they've no action. But yes, it is keeping t- has kept the door open as such, indirectly. Mm. Uh, now, it's it's only as good as the professionalism to put into it. In other words, the way they present that car online, the way the customer gets back to them with, with details and photographs and whatever else online, the trust factor that has to be there. And... Uh, Naturally, you know what warranty you're getting and it is the subject you want. I think it might be simpler buy a new car than it would be possibly a used car. Personally, I'd rather go walk in the middle of Phoenix Park to see a car rather than look at it online because I'd be looking for little things here and there. But it has kept the doors open. Now, there's some garages absolutely have great results, to tell you the truth, in, in Midloud. Really good results. And that's great and people, to hear. And people coming afar yes. to, to buy cars. And that's an interesting one. And then I heard a horror story. Doesn't concern Mead, doesn't concern Loud, might concern a capital city, it might concern a Bavarian motor company, that a gentleman sent in his details, photographs his car, has bought three or four of these vehicles down the years, including the family and the wife. And, and the next thing is, two weeks later, still no one come back to him. That's where it fails. That's poor. That's poor. And you know what I mean? Maybe business is too good for that mark or whatever. But whatever the case may be, that's just not good enough. It's as simple. And I take it no. uh, the business will be shifting elsewhere. And that's the result. That's what happens when when you don't follow up and uh, respond to people. Now, let's move on to you and what you've been driving lately. You want to talk to me about the Kia Sorento. Now, the Kia Sorento, as we know, is it the seven-seater we're talking about, uh, Tony? Sorry, Jerry? Seven-seater? Seven-seater, yeah. Seven-seater, always always regarded, as you know. I remember you talking about it before. Great value, family-friendly. This is now, what, the fourth generation of it? I think so, yes. And it is spectacular insofar as, I tell you now what it's doing at the moment, but just before this, this is the type of vehicle that people have the family and the family has grown and they'll be expanding. They're going to marry into this for, for a while and go to the games and bring go do the school runs and everything. They make two types, a diesel 
and a PEV, a plug-in hybrid with a petrol engine. And the, the diesel is 54 or 500, the PEV is a little bit more expensive. But the fact of the matter is, research again has shown this. And this is not, as the fellow says, a rumour on the street. This is facts. This is coming from, 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 from dealers. That this Sorrento, this Kia, we thought this would never happen, is taking the little apple in the eye, as the fellow says, of those in the executive sector. And trade, the cars have been traded in and tried to be traded in against the new Sorrento ranges from the executive type. Mm. We won't go through the name, but let's say you never looked upon a Sorrento as an executive, but now it has deemed that because of all the technology on it, all the safety technology, the practicality of it, uh, the build quality of it, and it's well up there, yeah. A car you've always had a good word for. Yes, yes. Look, I've seen them in the very early days, and I watched them grow, and I watched them improve. When the chem first, mother, God, the chemers, they were, like I used to say, the chemers, internal colours and internal plastics, you you wouldn't find the likes on Hector Grey. You know, like, <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's not Hector Grey. <laughs> you're all right. I think you're all right on that one. Anyway, for a growing family, uh, uh, a number seven-seater doing the runs to school to uh, sport, as you said, it's reopening, please God, shortly, and everything else besides, if you're going on a short break or whatever, this car fits the bill. Loads of safety, packed with technology. Uh, Patrick, you know, look, let me give you one little thing. There's a blind spot in Vegas. If you put on the right-hand indicator, your rev counter, I think the rev counter changes into a screen, a round screen, looking down the side of the vehicle. You can see the white line. You can see cars coming behind you. You can see cyclists. You can see pedestrians. Put on the left indicator, and the speedo changes into a round uh, TV. We're showing the same thing down the left-hand side. That's just one little bit of the technology. Like, mm. really, the omnipotent lighting inside, and it's like, it's just beautifully built, Jerry. It's really throwing everything at this car. And they're going to get the rewards for Yep. The Sorrento Kia Tony recommends. Now, before we finish today, let's step up a little bit. Tony, the Audi e-tron GT all-electric coming in at a snip. At one hundred and two thousand euro, is it worth it, Tony? Well, the, the, the truth, which you ask yourself, is, any, is there any car worth that? Yeah. <laughs> the much was going in tax and all that. Uh, look, believe it or not, there's going to be a waiting list for some of them. There's not at all about. There's an RS version too with one hundred and forty thousand. But anyway, I drove the GT, the e-tron, and you know the heading I have put down is, and you might you might get hard to understand this. I've used is. What a beautiful noise. Now, in the name of God to say, Conlon is losing it. A beautiful noise from an electric car. I'm talking about, I, I was there driving, I was invited to drive the car for an hour, Jerry, right? Yeah. And uh, it was beautiful. But driving the car, I suddenly thought I'd set in and started moving about what the old mechanics I once worked with would make of today's technology-laden cars. For example, I give any money to see the faces when they realise an electric car could relay internal combustion engine sounds to the car's interior. It may sound a bit spooky or haunting, but yes, I experienced beautiful noise in the car's four driving modes, Jerry. So in other words, you're inside there and you, you, you can be in the quadrant where there's absolutely no noise, but you just you can flick this little thing and now you get the sound that has been scientifically manufactured rather than naturally mechanically. And it's just a sense of, of being a real car, a real sports car. It doesn't regenerate electricity by lifting off the accelerator. It generates mostly because it's a sports car on braking. Uh, 
magnificently made, Jerry. Mm. Absolutely. The seats in it. You know what, Jerry? If I get one of the seats to bring it home, I break stones with my elbow. <laughs> it was so beautiful. It was so comfortable. Uh, so, look, I'm going to say it here. That technology is dry coefficient, not point two four. You think it was designed by the wind? That's going to drop, come down into the RDA3, the RDA1, all the RDA4. That technology is there, and the science within it is already in a lot of the cars. Yeah. Do you know what I really liked about What I really liked about Do you know the way cars are beginning now to go a bit sci-fi looking, and you have these big television screens on the dash that attracts distracts people from the driving? That's what I think, anyway. Mm. They've retained the smaller screens, and they've retained again, the touch, the buttons for adjusting this, some of them, and adjusting that. Yes. Rather than going to Skyfy. So to have ceramic, you can get ceramic brakes as an option. I remember Professor Timoney years ago at a launch of a car, years and years and years ago, saying the ceramics would play a major part in cars. And I think he wasn't just talking about brakes, but he was also talking about engines. That hasn't really happened yet, but the ceramics are there now on brakes. So and this car has. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Anyway, it reminds me that sound thing of watching the Premier League games with no crowd. There you are. You can have no crowd or you can go to Sky Sports main event and have all the noises in the audio and you think you're driving something else. Tony, you're brilliant. Until the next well, let me time. Let tell you one other thing. You remember when electric cars about you and I were all discussing, I always said they're too quiet. People yes, pedestrians, you, that's oh, right. They have to make noise. They have to make noise is right. Noise. Thank you, Tony. You're a star. Yes, Thank sure. you for joining us. Talk to you next month. Take care. That's our motoring correspondent, Tony Conlon. But anyway, Tony was chatting a few moments ago about the beautiful noise in the Audi all-electric. Well, sure, look, we just had to dig him out. It's Neil. Uh, Rose, thank you indeed for the lovely picture of your blackthorn in full bloom. Oh, God, the blackthorn is lovely. But my blackthorns, where I used to go walking on no more because it has now been turned into an urban jungle rather than the lovely nature that there used to be. But anyway... I'll uh, just mull over that one to myself. Now, moving on in the show, it's my featured artist of the week time this week. And this week, it is the Electric Light Orchestra, ELO. In 1976, their sixth album called A New World Record did become their first to make the top ten and yielded four hit singles, including Telephone Line and Living Thing. They toured America, and America only at the time, on the back of the album. They packed out arenas and they were really fantastically acclaimed in the United States. They really made it over there. The following year, 77, Out of the Blue was the next album released. It was multi-platinum, selling... uh, Hugely, and it was a double album, in fact. And this one produced four more hit singles Mr. Blue Sky, Wild West Hero, Turn to Stone, and Sweet Talking Woman. We'll have to hear some of those before the week is out. Yet, for all of their success, that top spot in the singles or albums charts on either side of the Atlantic eluded ELO right through their career. They had the most top 40 hits in the USA without ever having a number one. They had 20 of those hits and it is a record. And in the UK, the same story with one exception, which they didn't attain on their own. And I'm going to tell you more about that tomorrow on the show. Today, I want to bring you what I'd consider probably my favourite ELO song of all time. I'm going back to 76 and that album I mentioned a few moments ago, a new world record. Yes, it's Living Thing. It's a terrible-
Living Thing, ELO, my artist of the week. I love that song, I really do. Do you know when it was released as a single? It was released on blue vinyl. And that was uh, very unusual at the time. They were all black. Most of the vinyl records and LPs were black. But that song was released on a blue-coloured vinyl. It reached number four in the UK and 13 in the USA. One of the real big ones from ELO. More about them and another tune from ELO tomorrow, round about this time on the show. Coming up next, well, as I said at the start of the show, a sauna. People love their saunas. But in a lot of cases, it's not practical to have one, in probably the majority of cases, in your home. But what if a sauna could be brought to you? Stay with us. Find out more next. If Mohammed can't make it to the mountain, you know what they say, bring the mountain to Mohammed. That's exactly what my next guest, I believe, is thinking. Liam Irwin, welcome to Late Lunch. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Saunas, people love them and they've been off bounds, as you know, this last year and people would love to get back and enjoy a sauna and all that goes with it. You have a concept. Tell our listeners about it. So um, myself and a friend have been building a a mobile sauna that we're going to be bringing to scenic places around Ireland, um, starting off in Meath. Um, So it's called the Hotbox Sauna. And you can find us on Instagram and anywhere else that you want to... Well, we're on Instagram, so at the Hotbox Sauna. And uh, we plan to be down at Bective Mill B&B and Campsite in Meath, in the, well, as soon as restrictions allow us to, and people will be able to come down and maybe on a single household basis and uh, and use our sauna and jump in the River Boyne and come back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I really do. We thought this was fantastic when we spotted it. So explain... How it is a mobile sauna? What have you used? You obviously have a trailer of forms that you've converted, I take it. Yeah, and um, so you can see the full transformation on our Instagram. So we bought uh, an Eifer Williams cattle trailer. I bought it off a farmer in Armagh and uh, brought it home and I ripped the top off it. And we have, um, we've had steel, a steel frame uh, welded onto it. And then off that, we've built our sauna Um and then we'll be putting a stove in and it, and basically, yeah, we'll be able to tow it from place to place and it'll be a fully functional sauna, a wood-fired sauna. I can hear the moos already harking back to the history of the trailer. I'm only calling it that. It'll be the oohs and ahs rather yeah. than the moos of uh, its previous occupants. This is a really clever concept. Uh, so you have now a fully operational, will have a fully operational sauna on wheels. How do you, you know, create the steam, the heat, etc.? So um, the stove itself, it's a finished stove um, and it's wood-fired. So we'll just be lighting a fire in the stove. Um, and after maybe half an hour, it gets hot enough that the rocks on top of the stove are are sufficiently hot that when you pour water on them, then the steam uh, comes off. So the, there's initial heat from the stove itself, and then when as you add water to the rocks, you get it'll start to feel really, really hot. Mm. Um, and how many people could it accommodate if it was in full throttle? If uh, life was back in full swing, I, I would say you definitely get ten or twelve people in. It's it's quite a big sauna as far as saunas go. Um, it's 12 foot long and 6 foot wide so there's plenty of room inside mm. um, so in the beginning hopefully uh, that will allow people to you know, not be on top of each other if it's less people in a single household situation 
Yeah, there are many. I'm just thinking here on my feet. I, I know you say you're bringing a detective uh, to start off, and then I know you have plans to uh, bring it uh, uh, around the country as well. Surely there's huge openings here. I'm just thinking for the likes of parties and things like that to book you or book it and bring it along. I'm sure um, I wouldn't be the type of to any good idea, you know. So if someone comes to me and it's not, uh, it's not like... I'm I'm all ears for any ideas. If anyone wants to, yeah. to do something like that, of, of course we're very approachable. But uh, like the idea behind it came from so we were cycling up the whole. We I was actually talking to you about it during the summer. We were cycling up the west coast of Ireland, um, raising yes. a bit of money for charity, and we just saw so many beautiful places that we were like at this stage we had built a stationary sauna and we knew we could build one so we saw so many places that we were like wow imagine you could do a sauna here and hop in the water there mm. it would just be so nice so I think for us like we, we our, our focus or what we want to bring to people is like for us to find these beautiful places and to pop up and be able to tell people on our Instagram hey like we are here and to provide people the un- like a really cool and unique experience you know that they might not get it you know, yes. we might never be in a certain spot which is something I that's, uh, but uh, uh, there are uh, any, any amount of options sure I'm sure anything can happen. Yes, the the sky's the limit, I feel, with this. I remember actually talking to you, yes, uh, on the show uh, when you were out and about doing that marathon cycle last year. Um, you're a man that gets a, a, a about, not alone this country, but the world. You were a long way from Ireland when COVID happened. Yeah, I was stuck. I got stuck uh, travelling in Central America. I was stuck in Colombia when COVID happened. And then I, uh, I decided to come home before it struck. Central America and South America. Mm. Colombia is a country synonymous with uh, dangerous people and drugs. How did you find it when you were there? I could not speak highly enough. Like Colombia is not as I, I the people are beautiful. I had a really nice time. Uh, like I had the most positive experiences in Colombia. So I mm. definitely would encourage more people. A lot of people uh, think Central America in general is really scary and not to go there but there's a lot of beautiful places and, and really nice people there too, mm, it's know. good to hear that because that is the impression I get you know what I mean there are countries there I wouldn't set foot in when I see the news and the stories that come from them but you know what it's like everything in life Liam you know the the bad aspect of life tends to hug the headlines and is 100% you know is, is more dominates than, than the good and the vast majority of people in this world it has to be said are good people and decent people as well uh, the world over so uh, the heat is on and it's going to start in Bective uh, this summer <laughs> um, yeah we're hoping yeah so we're at a at a place called Bective Mill B&B and it's a campsite also um, it's a lovely place it's, it's on the River Boyne and he's got a little walkway in the Boyne there and it's got a you know, green area for people to sit and maybe pick on and stuff yeah. um, and the owner is a really amazing man Oliver and his daughter they're both great and so just shout out okay so you'll be there and check it out on Instagram Hotbox Sauna on Instagram you heard about it here on Late Lunch this afternoon we let you go thank you for joining me on the show Liam take care bye 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 -bye. that's uh, Liam Erwin there sorry for the little a little up and down on the mobile signal there. It does happen from time to time. Are you a fan of saunas, Miss Louise Walsh? Would you say that saunas have ever been on your uh, agenda in your lifetime? Uh, no. I think I've, I, uh, I might have been on one, mm. Aaron.
out foreign, you know. I, I, I have used them from time to time. Little, I would say, sparingly in my uh, life as well. What, what I find... Couldn't cope with the It's heat. the heat, yeah. I was going to say that to you. Breathing. I, I actually... You know, you get the... You know, it's hard to breathe uh, with the heat in them. But, you know, people absolutely adore them. They adore that and then plunging into the cold. You know, you get the you yin and yang. You see how good it would be for you. Oh, Your I'm sure. Like. It's unbelievable, so it is. And, and it has, they have a huge following. They really have. I see great potential in that for these lads. You know that? I, I really do. You know, with events and parties yeah. and things like that. Besides, you know, starting off with the Mill Invective and bringing it to the west the of Ireland. detox. Mm, for sure. They'll do well with it. They'll do well. Do you know, I, and I can envisage it now, the cattle truck, the old cattle truck that they <laughs> took apart. And <laughs> from moo to ooh. How, what do you them think? In. There's a little line for them, isn't it? I from like moo to ooh in your sauna. Yes, I think they should maybe adopt that as their strap line for the business. But uh, yeah, I, I've used them from time to time, but... Um, there you go. Uh, it's uh, mostly in swimming pools, isn't it? Like there's one yeah. in the gym there. Yeah. Oh no, most Florida, most, most gyms, people. yeah, have 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 them as well. It reminds me of the time. Yes, I remember that in Germany. I told you that one before when I went in <laughs> in the morning oh, yeah. to have the shower and the cha- the sauna in Germany, and we went into Damen and saw the sign over the door, Damen, D A M E N, and I said, "That's for Damen." <laughs> and there was steam everywhere and I was under the shower and the steam sort of cleared a bit and I looked to my left <laughs> and I said, that's not da man, that's da woman. <laughs> and on my other side, there was another woman as well. And, uh, you know, they said, good morning. And I said, good morning. <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Keep our lit, Sheila. What would you go for? You're after waking up in your dreams. <laughs> With two beautiful women either side of you in showers and you in the middle there thinking, where am I? Have I died and gone to heaven or something? But there you go. That was my one You're of lucky my they were beautiful. The, oh, they were beautiful. After a sip of water there, hold on. You're in the sun in there now, are you? Yes, it's getting a bit hot and steamy in the studio for sure. Anyway, look, it's great to have you with us again on Late Lunch this afternoon. Coming up tomorrow on the show, oh, we have an interesting lineup, haven't we, Louise, for the tomorrow? Kyle Carney is with us. He's a recovered, a recovered addict and he's going to tell us about his story and where he is it's today. It's a sad story. It is, it is, it is because he lost someone very close to him recently in his life. But Kyle will be with us on the show. Chris McGale is here. He made millions. He made millions with one of the big investment banks, but quit the life. He quit the rat. He just wanted out. He couldn't take it anymore. And he's uh, written about it. And he's going to talk about it to me on the show tomorrow. And the soup kitchen founder, Mark O'Neill, he's been with us previously on the show. What about the soup kitchens during this last year? What have they been doing? Have they been? They have been operating, haven't they? They have, yeah. They have, yeah. Still in demand. A lot of people out there need but change, change in the way they operate like many, many things. Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch for this Tuesday afternoon. Eddie Caffrey is raring to go with a drive. Fantastic music on the way for the next few hours. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. Just reminding you, if you have a story, if you have a guest, if you ever want to make a comment to us out of hours, our email address is always there. Late lunch at lmfm.ie. That's late lunch at lmfm.ie. Get in touch with us and we'll be glad to have a chat with you or someone you may recommend to to us on the show. Have a nice evening. See you for midweek late lunch from 1.30 Wednesday. Take care.
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada Dundalk and Cavan. Let us amaze you with our fantastic used car offers. With over 300 different makes and models, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars to choose from. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. Finance can be arranged to suit all budgets. Call or visit blackstonemotors.ie today to find your next car. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.